0: I'm going to see the Adams Family musical.
1: In Gory. In Nice. Nice, nice. Is that a good musical? I don't really know it
0: at all. Okay. The songs I do know are good. So I'm excited to see. It's a newer musical, which are usually my kind of buzz. And they usually do really good musicals. And my cousin is Morticia. Aaron is Morticia. So.
1: Slay. Slay. Yeah, that'll be good. I love the Alan's family, but uh, also I'm not familiar with the musical. Yeah, I liked the TV cartoon. I fancied Lurch, is what I'm trying to say here. Okay, what does that say about me?
0: I'm just trying to like conflate that with Keen, and it doesn't really add up. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not. He's in no way a Lurch-like character.
1: He's not. A, he's not a butler. He's not tall, and he's not. He doesn't silent type. He doesn't lurch around. Yeah, true. Look, you can have more than one type breed. Right? You can. You also fancied the line from the fucking second line king. So. And so did a lot of other people, according mm. to my TikTok. So oh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Where's about your that. mic? It's here. Oh, it very okay. It's very quiet.
0: It was a little bit, but I just didn't know if it, if you just forgot. No, I thought <laughs> the mic. Just, just winging it.
1: That's an intro, isn't it? Yeah. You're listening
0: to Van <laughs> <Sandbagging>. about.
1: <laughs> Jesus, she's down already. I've had this for four weeks.
0: This cough. I'm I don't know if I was going to keep
1: that in, but it, Brie just coughed extensively
0: and, uh, it's a cough she can't get rid of. Chesty. And it's four weeks. I never get sick like this. Four weeks. And I'm on day five of my five day antibiotics and steroids
1: and it has not done anything. So I don't know. A cough you can't get rid of. I love that Panic of the Disco album. Is that a, is it? No, no, never. It was, that was a bad joke. Uh, welcome back to bandwagons. Been a while. <sighs> Been away. We're back. And um, we were over on Patreon. If you were keeping up with us over there, it's patreon.com forward slash bandwagons. We're back as normal. This is main feed, isn't it? We're back with the masses now. Yes. Back with the masses to talk on mass. How were your three weeks, uh, while I was away? Did you do anything nice? I need you to give me a succinct recap of everything that you did. Ah, uh,
0: what did we do? Like, honestly, November has gone by in a blink and thanks be to God.
1: Why? it's just November is just such a nothing month isn't it I'm kind of glad I was away for it and away for so long as well because I really feel like now I'm like oh it's Christmas now you don't have any of that bullshit yeah. like yeah it's like what can we put the horrible, tree up can we say, yeah just like it's Ugh. just like yes to go back to lurch lurching forward into you know what I mean I just feel like I'm yeah. because like, it's not it is obviously Christmas it's coming up to Christmas in Australia they still have Christmas but like There's a bauble. There's a bauble on a lamppost and it's fucking 28 degrees. I'm like, this isn't right. Like, this isn't Christmassy at all. I don't feel even the slightest bit Christmassy. And then you get back here and you're like, oh, it's dark at 5pm. Seasonal affective disorder. Merry fucking Christmas. Here we go. Santa Claus. He's coming to town. (laughs) Um, but it went by very quickly for you.
0: Yeah, we went to see the lights getting switched on last weekend. I'm trying to think beyond last weekend, which is just not how my head works anymore. Who switched them on? Um, You've a celebrity and Santa was supposed to. Do it. Actually, to be honest, we le- it took <laughs> too no long. There's no bigger so celebrity than Santa, realistically. <laughs> we left because he was taking so long. Oh
1: my god, what a so diva!
0: So we saw we saw him for a distance from a distance, then we went home because we were hungry and Nora's young enough to not realize she was missing anything. If I ever got um, to be like
1: Santa, as I don't know why I would because one, I'm a, I'm a woman or whatever, and I'm still in my twenties. Women can be Santa's too. True. I know, but I'm, that's a critique of the wider world and them not embracing that Santa can be any gender. Anyway, I digress. Uh, if I got to be Santa, like a dress up Santa, one of these things, and I was like the guest of honor, you best believe I'd be, I'd have a bitching ass rider. I'd be asking for everything under the sun. I'd be asking for, and I'd keep it like really on brand for Santa. I'd be asking for like, four liters of milk, so many cookies, chestnuts, loads of carrots for Rudolph, carrot salad. Um, It's so silly. So silly. But yeah, that is what I would do. When am I going to ask you? Uh Surely you're a a gory enough celebrity at this point that you'd be asked. Not even remotely. Let's start the campaign
0: for next year. Remotely. Nora is all about it though. She was she's all for like a week. She, she was like, Santa, he, he, he. And then she was like, no, no. Which, he, he, he. Yeah. And she was getting all confused. And she was like, Santa, ho, ho, ho. And then now she's in it. She's like, Santa brings presents. Santa has a beard. Like she's all about it way more than I thought she would be at this age. She's like so into it. She's
1: got all the she knows facts her vo- anyway.
0: She knows the alphabet and her, she can count to 10 in English and Irish. And I, Donna Brack, I have not taught her any of that. Bridge, I don't, don't know where t- she's learned that.
1: Don't start with I don't the know my the genius that. thing because I'm pretty sure Where is she learning past. this? Maybe she's going to a hedge school when you're not looking. Maybe. maybe
0: <laughs> Like a good old Irish kid. Someone's teaching her. She's just continuing to surprise me. It's YouTube. Honestly, I don't want to say that, but it is YouTube. It's fully the television.
1: Which Thank God for television. Here, I'm not anti television here it at all. It takes a village
0: so. and Miss Rachel is part of my village.
1: It takes a major a part of my village, and that village is the TV. Thank you, TV. Yeah. Um, okay, um, so what's the what? What did, what? She, oh, when I was in Australia, as I, I already texted you, but there was a there was one of the malls. I think was it in Melbourne? I can't remember. When I was walking around, and they had a full like you know the way Brown Thomas do like their Christmas displays, whatever, and everyone comes to see them, whatever. This mall had a full bluey one. But when I oh, say there was a full, and this wasn't the first day it was open. I, like, I doubt it was. Maybe it was, but I doubt it was. There was a full wrap wrap around, around queue to go see it and like take pictures of it up close. So then people were trying class. like edge to the edge of the queue to like take pictures of it. And I was trying to, and then I was like afraid that someone would give out to me. So I didn't do it. But um, yeah, Bluey, he's a, he's a big man over there. It's a girl. She's a girl. She, Bluey. <laughs>
0: I'm a girl.
1: yeah. Um we're gonna see Blue Live. A girl? Yeah. There you go. They're sisters. Bluey and Bingo. I'd love to say it. I know, But it's Bingo but I thought Bingo was a boy then. No. Maybe I girls. thought Bingo was the girl. Yeah, He's the boy, really, then, like the dad. The just the
0: dad, yeah. And they've two cousins and they're all girls as well. And they've like friends who are like boys and girls, but Bluey and Bingo are girls. The we're gonna see Bluey Live in the Three Olympia next year.
1: <laughs> What's that gonna involve? Tell way, me this and tell me no more
0: way more for me than it is for nora for
1: it's
0: for me yeah yeah if you want a comfort show bluey
1: yeah i do love a good comfort children's television program someone i think my
0: mom and dad put it on one day when they were here with her and it was like a pop-up option on the you know when you turn on the telly and like loads of things pop up and like suggest shows or whatever yeah they must have picked it by that or dad had heard about it on the radio or something and put it on and I just kind of came back and it was on in the background and it's the the writing I was like Hold on. I actually want to see what's going on here and I don't know bluey till I die I would watch bluey all day all night
1: that's probably an episode in so bluey, isn't isn't
0: there there I is, is definitely an some episode point. of bluey people like fr- people went to college that went to college with us who don't have any kids have reached out and been like we are obsessed with bluey we watch bluey all the time
1: and they like not a child in the house. Not you exposing them. Not you ratting on them. Not you doxing people who went to college with. I won't name. I won't name a shame. You know who you are. Anyway, um we're not here to we're not here to talk about That's a bit bluey. bluey. Um we will talk about Australia at some point, but um we actually we I recorded an episode with uh our friend of the podcast, Cormac, over in Australia. So I think we're we might release that over Christmas at some point and we're gonna give our thoughts and takes on Australia. Close. Yes. Yeah. Sounds good. And I'll get into it a little bit more about how I got on. But uh, Did you see anybody from maths? Long story short, it was good. No, of my list of famous famous Australian people, I saw uh, no one. But you know what's so infuriating? I was staying in a place in Sydney called Coogee, which is spelt like coogie, and Coogee, And it really annoys me that it's not pronounced like that. But anyway, um that's where I was staying. And then there was a week where I kind of went and did a bit of traveling on my own. And that week where I went and did a bit of traveling on my own, Margot Robbie was in Coogee Giving out samples of she is a gin brand, I think, or some kind of drinks brand. Giving out samples in a pub that I'm not missing was an eight minute walk from the apartment I was staying
0: in. Oh my god!
1: Infuriating. He'd be sick.
0: The, oh, she sorry. Sick.
1: To answer your question, the only famous uh, Australian celebrity I saw—I'm not sure if she counts as a celebrity. I don't mean that as a read. She's like an influencer. I don't know if she'd consider herself a celebrity. If anyone follows Shona Virtue, she's a like fitness influencer. The first place I went to breakfast, she was like sitting across from me. I was like, L- lol, this is gas. Um, she looked great. I didn't approach her because she was having breakfast and so was I. So that was it. Pretty disappointing. Would you go back? Or is that a spoiler?
0: Tune we'll in we'll it talk out.
1: about it in the pod. We'll talk about it in the pod. I think, okay. yeah, well, I was going to get my answer, but we'll talk about it in the pod. It's fine. Okay. Where were you when you heard the news that Girls Aloud were reuniting? And what was your reaction? <laughs> where was I? Did you? Um,
0: I don't remember where I was. I think I was in the car last week. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, that'd be good. Could go, could not, take it or leave it. And then as of this morning from listening back and yesterday, listening back to all their old music, I was such a girl's allowed head. Yeah. Like some of my earliest, some of my earliest memories are like, I knew every word. I was like, no good advice in the shower this morning. Every single word, except for like some words I thought were different words when I was nine years old. And sure, I was like, yeah. they're actually dirtier words now. But at the time I was like, not those dirty words. Like, let me fill you with my crush or like, instead of touch, it was like crush and like all these like real innocent words. But I knew every word and I did not know I knew every word. So I think I would go now.
1: Laura Dempsey, friend of the pod, said the same thing. She shared uh graffiti my heart, graffiti my soul. It's an album track yeah. I think and she was like it's so funny how like you th- these things come like rushing back to you she was like I know every yeah. single word to this song <laughs> like it's yeah, crazy
0: um what was I gonna say oh yeah there was one it's like daddy said you'll never get to heaven hang until 11 with the wrong crowd or something um and I was like it, this morning I had like a whole realisation where I was like, I fully thought at like eight or nine years old that it, it was until the age of 11. If you were hanging with the wrong crowd, you won't get to heaven instead of like 11 <laughs> PM, which it definitely was or whatever. I don't know. But like took it all so literally. And I was like, they they are singing about my life <laughs> in fourth class. You were like, this is all about like bad friends I have.
1: Yeah. It was, oh my God, it all came rushing back. But see, I, I'm thrilled about the news. I'm really excited. I cannot wait for the live show. I have to get tickets. Yeah, I don't remember Popstars: The Rivals where they formed as like vividly as I kind of thought I did. You know what I mean? It's funny like reading yeah. back on it and all the things that you learn. But I remember Sound of the Underground and I remember that release and I remember how big of a deal that was and I remember the chart battle with. Do you remember the other band's name? You do because I you've done. Oh, it's like what? It's, oh, it's one. What are
0: the fuck are they called? I don't, I don't remember them at all.
1: One true voice. The boy band. One true Trust in me. I remember that and I remember liking both songs. In hindsight, Fanula, what were you thinking? The boy song was fucking terrible. But I remember standing on the ground. I was like, this is so cool. This is so like, it's like rocky. It's like, Ugh. and I just remembered the, the furore around the track, but I don't remember the TV show at all. Do you?
0: No, no, not at all. And I was looking it up today just to even see like I don't remember and maybe I was just too young and I probably maybe did watch it at the time but I have no memories of it at all so I don't know if it was just like one of those like
1: British channels that we didn't really watch that much do you know it was ITV but I just like I just think we don't remember it because I definitely watched it a hundred percent maybe not consistently but I definitely at some point came across it and sat down and watched some of it. you know do you want to know what they all sang in their first audition yes I do so in Cheryl's
0: audition for Popstars: The Arrival, she sang S-Club 7's 2001 track. Rachel have You stars. Ever? Oh. No. Have You Ever? To judges Jerry Halliwell, Louis Walsh and Pete Waterman. And she went straight through to the, to the next band or to the next round. And then eventually obviously got in the band. And then she ended up becoming a judge on X Factor, which was kind of like a whole full circle moment for her. Um obviously we could do a whole episode on Nadine Coyle and this whole and her whole like pop stars experience so when she was 17 she auditioned and but infamously appeared on the Irish version of pop stars with her passport before trying out for pop stars the rivals and she blew Jerry Halliwell away in auditions for her version of Sting's Fields of Gold um Sarah Harding which I hate this because this is like just like was said about her so much, and it is totally irrelevant, but it says Sarah Harding was the oldest of the five when she came face to face with the panel. Like, who cares? Someone had to be the oldest. Or uh, yeah. she was wearing a snazzy pair of jeans covered in handprints. She auditioned with the rendition <laughs> of Steps Last Thing on My Mind.
1: Um Kimberly was so funny, just to interrupt you very quickly, it's so funny yeah. how often these you'd never audition for with a steps song or an S Club 7 song now it just goes to show how prominent they were at that time and how like much they dominated the charts because it was the same I was doing a lot of I was digging into what you call them hearsay recently and like pop stars that first season that came before this where they were making a band and like, Liberty again, X, were, were, yeah, Liberty well? X was that year as well. But it was all, they're all audition. Well, the reason why I said reach is because they're all, there was one round where they're all singing reach. And I'm like, surely well. this isn't the best song to show off vocal prowess. No, no, Anyway, no. Carry on. That was
0: like, so Louis Walsh or someone had like some poll there where he was managing steps or fucking or S Club 7, I don't know. Um, Kimberly Walsh blew the judges away with Whitney Houston's Where Do Broken Hearts Go? You might still get that one.
1: Yeah that's more likely yeah that's
0: timeless yeah um initially she was given the news by pete waterman that she wasn't through to the finals but Louie later informed her that there was a change of plan and then she was <laughs> i don't really know i'd love to watch this back uh nicola justice for nicola um she was the youngest to make it to the final girl band she was just 16 a schoolgirl and a waitress when she sang shakira's underneath your clothes in her pop stars audition She was given the boot just before the final 10 girls were sent to live together, but to live together. But the singer was brought back in a surprise move after two hopefuls left. It does sound kind of very dramatic and I'd love to rewatch it.
1: Do you want to know why those two girls left? Yeah. And there's an Irish connection. So two of the girls, as you mentioned, were disqualified before the live shows began. Hazel Canswarren. Related to who, Reid? Canswarren. Yeah. How do you pronounce that last name?
0: I don't know that name. Is it, is it supposed to be the same name as someone I know? Think
1: else? of The Wanted. Think of an Irish member oh. in The Wanted. Oh, who's the Irish member in The Wanted? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kiva? Siva. Siva? Yeah. Anyway, his sister, I'm pretty sure, was found to be it too old to take part by 10 oh. days. So like kind of the opposite of what happened to Nadine. Um, by 10 days? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and while Nicola Ward, I need it, we need to do a full episode on this gal. Nicola Ward refused to sign the contract claiming the pay the group would receive was too low. Um, so as you mentioned, Nicola Roberts and Kimberly Walsh, who had not originally made it to the final time, were chosen as their replacements.
0: 10 days too old is a bit of a fucking kick in the teeth, isn't it? Like if you were that good to get all that way and then they're like, sorry, you're too old by 10 days. That's just television. That They never had any intentions for her. Yeah. You don't get that far into the production either without them knowing you're if you're over or under by 10 days. Do you know, that yeah, was just that an excuse sounds for television.
1: Produced,
0: produced. Definitely. Who were you? Like this thing, when I think back to like pop bands in my childhood, like I always had to like just pick one of them and identify with one of them and be like, yeah, that's, if I was in the group, that's who I'd be. And, or like, if it was my band, I'd be like, that's the one I fancy. And it definitely wasn't. But it was never, I always went for like, Not an underdog, but I never went for the one that everyone else in my class would be picking. Okay. Because I just thought that was too basic. So like with Westlife, everyone loved like Shane and Nicky, but like I loved Mark and I was like, and my mom was like, he's the best singer. So we love him. Ally. Yeah. (laughs) But like I did, not such an ally from such a young age, but the mom was like, he's the best singer. So we fancy him. And I was like, okay, we fancy him. And then with Girls Aloud, I don't really, maybe everyone was Cheryl. I don't know. I loved Kimberly. I was Kimberly.
1: Yeah, I feel like I was a bit of a Kimberley girl as well, but I don't, I have no... And like Nicola, Nicola to like in the later years, I think, because she was just like, she was a fashion girly in the way that Cheryl... Wanted to be. Wasn't. How do I yeah. say this? Because Cheryl was a fashion girly. Oh my God, the looks, X Factor USA, the huge hair, the long trousers, the corsets, the insane belts. You know what I mean? Like she... She was a fashion girly of one genre and then Nicola... Nicola was more like fashion with an F. You know what I mean? In, that's how I interpret it. I'm like,
0: yeah.
1: I suppose the... When she went on the... I, she had a more interesting story in terms of like a band that was kind of relatable to Irish people as well about like embracing her pale skin and like the makeup and stuff like that. I found that really interesting. But there was something about Cheryl as well. She did just have that like... Star, star m- quality. Magnetism. But I would also yeah. say... The same with Nadine. And like two or yeah. three, I'm just saying all of them now, but like, you know, Sarah was like fun. Sarah was at the edge yeah. of the called and was like cool. Even Like I've just, I'm going to talk about this a bit later, but I just finished it's watching Girls it off the record for the first time, which I can't believe it taken me this long to watch. And again, I'm just obsessed with them all. Like it's hard not yeah. to, they did a really good job of building out this full unit of a girl band that they were all kind of so different but worked so well visually yeah as a group and vocally as a group obviously yeah
0: yeah um let's talk about off the record because I watched I think four out of six parts on YouTube last night and if there was ever a deep dive into body dysmorphia or like the pressures of being a female in Naughty's pop
1: oh my god truly it's um so crazy before we get to that, I have another fun fact about the about uh Popstars arrival. So uh you know who almost didn't make the band? Maybe you know this. no. Uh Cheryl, actually. Again, this oh. seems like very produced. So the last girl to be voted off the contest uh before uh they made the final band was someone called Javin Hilton. Uh and there was a lot of shock at the time because it seemed like she was going to make the band. Like, Cheryl didn't, wasn't kind of the front runner. And if you go back and watch, there's been a performance that's gone kind of, not viral, but it's come up now that the reunion has come up where she's performing and she's doing a Sinead O'Connor song, I think. I think she's doing nothing compares to you. And it's, Now, people are going on like it was fucking absolutely dog shit. It wasn't great. It wasn't like. Sorry, is this Cheryl or the other girl? Cheryl, sorry, Cheryl. Okay. Um, but, Javine Hilton, any idea? Do you know who do you know who she might no. be in terms of pop? What if no. I was just saying, uh, it don't matter what you've got, if your heart is out of love, you could be the stylist, be the most baddest, you could be rolling the money. This is soul sing star No? Uh, no. Javine. Remember Javine? No. Javine robbed Alicia Dixon's. Boyfriend Ooh. off her back in the day as well. Ooh. And she had that song that's on sir Don't matter to me, I think it's called. Anyway, tune. Just wanted to shove oh, that I in for that. the listeners who, if anyone was, just, if anyone was going about their day and being like, mm, what's Javine up to lately? No idea, but yeah. that's where she came from. So, <laughs> yeah, off the record, let's talk about <coughs> it. So this, this was a, uh, I think they'd done one fly on the wall. King for ITV2, like one episode. And then off the back of that, they got this series off the record for E4, which kind of followed them. It's very funny. It follows them around the release of a fourth or fifth single off this particular album for the song, Whole Lot of History. So the album's already come out. So this is like a follow up single to that. It's kind of following that journey, them trying to break into other markets, them about to embark on an arena tour and also give an insight into them as a band. And it's yeah. so funny because it is so in comparison to the, like how produced Pop Stars was, Pop Stars arrivals and like other moments in their career. This couldn't have been any less produced in the sense that they're saying whatever they want. You're getting an insight into how they actually interact with each other as a band, which isn't always positive. Cause to be honest, I always thought the feud stuff and the thing about them not getting on. I always thought that was just like rumors that people had deduced but like it's actually been kind of clear as day from the start what did yeah. you take away from it from watching it
0: I I feel like with five girls if you grab five girls from anywhere even five best friends and put them in that kind of environment there would be absolutely feuds and all and whatever and they're all like friends again now that's just kind of that doesn't surprise me at all there's no way they would have gotten on all happy clappy for all those years under that in that environment you know um I kind of found it a bit nuts Cheryl um in what way I just like well I don't know maybe I was watching a bad version of it but it just, just seemed to jump all over the place like I couldn't really follow any of them for very long or it was talking about something else it was like here's Cheryl and Ashley Cole at a fashion show and then here's Sarah shagging
1: Callum best the fashion on a photo show shoot. is and it's so like, funny because it's like Cheryl's wearing a, a scarf that was crocheted by some fourth grader, the thinnest bluest scarf I've ever seen She's wearing glasses you could probably buy in deals. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. The glasses older people buy so that they can read books and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, ju- they're going to Julian McDonald's. If anyone remembers Julian McDonald's Deblum collection, Slay, Ashley Cole <laughs> would rather be like eating glass, I'd say, than going to this fashion show. It's so, it's so, it's a perfect time capsule of that time. I think it illustrates how young they were because this is you're they are four albums in at this point or three four albums in and Cheryl's like 21 22 22 I think about to get married to one of the biggest footballers of all time at that time I should say and like I like I thought it was very the way it it, Oh, the the timeline jumping is kind of mad but again I think that's just because like maybe a lack of content and a lack of how do we yeah. turn this all together that it's cohesive you know what I mean when especially yeah. at the end Nadine is like Nadine didn't seem to want to film at all or like some days she did and other days it was like I absolutely don't want to which is her right yeah God it was mad that it opens with Cheryl kind of talking so candidly about the nightclub assault that happened I didn't realize that the, I thought that happened prior to her getting into the band I thought that was like she got into the band all well and good, and then someone dug up that assault and was like, "Well, she did this," but it was actually like because the what way was she that even again? talks about it in the she assaulted some gal in a nightclub, in a bathroom, in a ba- like a to- like a toilet attendant in a nightclub, like again, oh my god, m- like months after they were put together. I'll bring oh it up here god. now, but the way she speak speaks about it even is like. She's very funny in this because the lack of media training is hilarious. And in some ways I'm like, bring that back because you get a lot of honesty and like these funny kind of tidbits
0: and stuff. Sugar Babe's sister. And she was like, oh my God, are you her
1: mom? she's like, no, I'm her sister. And she was like, oh my God, why did I say that? Just... That is, no, sorry. That was absolutely hilarious as well. So January 11th, 2003, Sher was involved in an altercation with a nightclub toilet attendant, Sophie Amog Bakba, and subsequently charged with racially aggravated assault over the incident. At her trial on 20th of October, she was found guilty of assault, okay, uh, occasioning actual body harm, but cleared of the racially aggravated assault charge and sentenced to 120 hours of community service. Like the way... She speaks about it at the start is, as, as if it happened ages ago. And I, I don't know. It was very candid in some ways and very funny is not the right word, but like you just never get it now. You'd never get it yeah. now when they go to, I don't know if you got as far as when they went to China and they're talking about like they're just being so insensitive to the culture there. And again, I know they're young and like they're tired of their fame and they probably like they don't need to ask for anything such as their success and their riches, but some of the things they're saying about like what Chinese people eat and stuff like that, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. Beyond. Yeah, it's mad. you definitely wouldn't get any of it now.
0: Any of it. You mm-hmm. wouldn't like just lob a camera in a car with them and just like see what happens. They wouldn't then, like, allow it though, is the
1: thing. No band yeah, would it, have, to, they'd have managers to of, and
0: red tape everywhere.
1: I'm trying to think of a comparable band that would do it No. Mix.
0: No, they're not even...
1: Did they do a documentary?
0: I feel like they did, but like any of the ones that have come out net, like, in more recent years have been just like thought out, planned, like storylines, arcs. This is just like, throw a cameraman in the back of a car with Nadine Coil and see what she says, like, and then we'll put and it on E4.
1: They're all executive producers on their own documentaries now, so you're not even getting like... The one thing I can appreciate about this is is that it's you are... It's not biased in a way that like they don't have that much control over it. But then I can understand Nadine's frustration at the end where she's like, I know I don't necessarily agree that this is true at the end, where she's like, I don't feel like this documentary is a representation of any of us. Whereas like I don't know. I don't know. Sarah, what a laugh. Would have loved to have gone out with her at some point. For Nadine, I think Nadine comes across so strongly, and you can see even see that with the way she approached getting the job and getting on stars and becoming a singer. This was a job for her. This was work. She was up to yeah. work every single day. Um, I think you can see the clicks defined from them. Like you can see it being Nicola, Kimberly, Cheryl, and then Nadine and Sarah. You know? Yeah. Did you get that?
0: Yeah. Kimberly just seemed to be so unproblematic and just kind of happy to be there and just go along with the bits just for the bits I saw. And then Nicola kind of, I feel like was always frustrated that she wasn't getting the same attention that the others were getting. Yeah. And that was kind of sad. And she was like, you know, when they were like reviewing their, their video, music video or whatever, and she's like, why do I not have as, um, as much makeup as everybody else? Like, I look awful and all. And it was just kind of so sad. And then, I don't know, I feel like Cheryl and Sarah were like, bam, look at us. And then, I don't know.
1: As you said, it's like this damning insight into, which again, we already know, there's been 85,000 Britney documentaries, like every day we wake up and we're like, God, we treated that woman terribly. But even though when they're, the way they're speaking about themselves, about like having like quote unquote fat days and the pressure they had to like look a certain way. And I also heard there's a scene at the start where Nadine's talking about the paparazzi culture yeah and the upskirt culture and she's talking about how you have to get out of a car the only way there's only a certain way to get out of a car so that you're not upskirted but it's impossible because you look weird and then she was talking about how the first time it happened to her when they published photos of her getting out of a taxi and she wasn't wearing underwear and how devastated she was and then it just kept happening so she just got used to it like that's my like would never happen now
0: Exactly, and uh, when they were away in Spain or something, and they, the next, they were like sunbathing. In the-
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Our villa in the garden. And the next morning, Sarah's arse is like the front page. Like, zoomed in on her arse in a bikini. is front mm-hmm. page on the paper. When she didn't even realize she was being photographed. It's just like so invasive and so like, I don't know how anyone thought it was okay at any time.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I didn't realize that it covered Nadine and Jesse Metcalf's, Metcalf's relationship. Oh yeah. Which is so fucking funny to me. I didn't get to that bit. She's like, I fancied him for age. That's, sorry, sorry dairy people. I'm actually not <laughs> going to try that again. That was fucking appalling. But she's like, I fancied him <laughs> for ages. And they have this, like this dalliance. Like, it's just so, what a time what a time let me be in that parallel universe where they got married and ended up together yeah the love interests yeah and so kimberly stayed with her uh husband justin Scott, that features in this again sorry i'm not sure if you made it that far but he i don't think i did there's a section where they all go home which again i thought was interesting because they're not going back to like big fancy massive houses or even going back to like staged normal looking houses they're going back to their actual family homes and you're seeing them interacting with their actual family and like Sarah's bedroom she is the most like basic you know the like block tv that everyone had in their bedroom and there's a girl's in a poster up on the wall like it's so I don't know it's very refreshing and to hear them all talk candid like one thing I will say as well is I think they were dismissed at the time because they were, and we'll get into it with the music, they were a reality TV band and it didn't matter how successful they were because they were so successful. But it was like, they were made in reality TV, they're making pop music, they don't play instruments, blah, blah, blah. So like this actually isn't worth any of our time. But You can see how astute they are and how like in control they were in terms of like their image when it came to their wardrobe for the dancing, like they had input into all the music videos you know, even when they're talking about the charts, when they're talking about where they think a whole lot of history is going to place and all. And Nicholas talking about how pop is kind of on a downward trend at that point and it's all about R&B, NBC's is really coming up and she's like, people don't want pop. Like, we're fighting a like, losing battle. I was like, it's irritating that people ever thought you were fucking idiots because like, were you young and naive in some respects? Yes, but you knew what you were doing and you were so confident in what you were doing. It's so frustrating how... People didn't take that seriously at the time. And potentially there's probably still people who don't know. Like.
0: Yeah. Well, they've showed them.
1: They've shown them. They kept talking about they
0: were like, you know, we're really like Katie Malua is up and coming, and all all these people who literally had like one-hit wonders or like a little blip on the charts for a a little rally on the charts. No, but you know what I mean? Compared to like two songs, how dare you? The legacy that girls Loud have now, and they're like, oh my god, we're like Daniel Bedingfield and all were like really up against it. That's like, oh my God, if only you could like jump five years into the future and see how much bigger you will be than them. And it's just crazy that they're like but all it, up in arms about it.
1: But the thing that I think is mad is that they haven't had more number ones than they've had. Like they've, I'm not going a... to discredit their success because they've had huge amounts of success and they were so consistent in their output. But when I look at the songs that didn't go to number one in the UK... And here as well, we are also responsible. I want, I want to punch drywall. Like, some, like. Do they not have a record for like the, like, what was it? Like 10,
0: uh, like they're 10 singles in a row in the top 10 or something, or 20 singles in a row in the top 10 or something. They've some sort of record. I'll find that. You keep going. Something like that. Yeah. Um, it'd be, trust me. Most consecutive top 10 entries by, in the UK by a female
1: group. We, you hear them talking about that in Off the Record as well, that they're like, this, the whole lot of history has to go into the top 10 because every song they would released at that point had at least gone into the top 10. But it's funny yeah. now by comparison, if you have a group or an act, release it, like, to not get number one is kind of a flop-like. Yeah. And they had so many tracks that didn't go number one. It's crazy. We got into it. Well, sorry, Lexa, yeah. what's your favourite Girls Aloud song? Ooh,
0: I don't. I, there's so many. Let me see. Um, I do. I love um the promise. Yeah, you're such a like promise you cannot You cannot tell me that the promise comes on and your hips don't start just popping automatically. Like no but one. This can tell is me the that. thing
1: as well. They were really like all of their pop songs, and again, I mean this respectfully. They're so weird. They're not by the numbers pop songs. Yeah. So like they worked on a load of their songs with Xenomania, This like English songwriting and production team and I have a couple of quotes from one of the main girls I don't think she's with them anymore but was at the time and I kind of given their her reaction to them getting back together but she's working on a load of um Miranda Cooper is her name she's working she's actually working on a load of musicals now she's writing a musical about her own life and she's working on another one that's on in the UK at the minute, potentially not West End, but it's about kind of historical women figures in history. Um But yeah, like <coughs> you can see that musical approach to songs, like musical theatre, I should say, the musical okay. theatre approach to like, you know, songs like biology. That's a weird part. Po- like there's no clear,
0: you yeah. know, do you know
1: the, the way it goes in from like, well, don't so kind of me and then it's like, I got one, like there's so many different, it doesn't follow a clear structure. Like, I suppose it's very... Yeah. Something
0: kind of ooh is like that as well, isn't it? It was like three different songs mashed together.
1: Yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Love Machine. What else? Give I me lo- your give me love your from yours, Girls Allowed songs.
0: Love Machine, The Promise, Sound of the Underground, No Good Advice. And then, like... I don't, why My brain is saying can't speak French, but I actually don't think I love... I don't think I would click on it. can't speak French they recorded Never. can't speak French in French did you know that yes as I like a little that, like actually. as a little like tongue and cheek like ooh.
1: ooh, look at us bilingual queens yeah isn't this funny what's yours okay so call the shots oh yeah call the shots love machine
0: um oh I already know yours hang on I, I, one came on earlier and I was like this is Fanula's
1: the show Oh, I love the show. Should I known, knew Should I hang around the kitchen on the way and like a lady. And yeah, me. I knew it. As soon as it came oh.
0: on, I was like, somebody loves this and
1: I think it's I thrilling. love Jump. I do Sexy, love Jump no, no, as well. No. Sexy No-No. I could take her leave, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um,
0: Jump in that Love Actually fucking music video. Something New
1: is a fucking absolute Stomper! Stomper! stomper. <laughs> Um, I love the premise as well, but maybe I don't know if it'd make my Mount Rushmore. Do, okay, do, do, so do, do. something new, something new. Call the shots, the show, Love Machine. That's my Mount Rushmore. I think. Yeah. Um, you can't really their, go too far out. What's their biggest selling song to date in the UK? Um, I am gonna say this is an obvious answer. I'm gonna be honest. Sound of the Underground. Yeah, jump. Sound of the Underground. Sound of the Underground. Track has racked up over uh, 1 million UK chart units in total, including four, 42.8 million streams. And it's their biggest physical seller so far. Over 562,000 copies. That's just physical singles. That's nuts. That's crazy.
0: I had it. I had the... Did you? I had... I had... I think I had the single because I only know like... Sound of the Underground and like No Good Advice and then maybe like one other song and I think that was all like on the
1: version I had. Their aesthetic I, th- I thought was always just so cool and very original as well. Like I remember like No Good Advice you you can see that video and the wardrobe in your mind's yeah. eye. I regularly think about the like froofy pink prom dresses from Biology and how they change yeah. into like the black and red kind of satin skirts girls allowed owned a satin skirt a corset and a belt let me tell you that's yeah girls allowed the blueprint i love the can't speak french video because it's very obviously marie antoinette um call the shots do you think sarah like had that terrible haircut i will just say but like again owned it yeah but it it was like really sleek metallic futuristic the promise the huge hair the gold the promise was so iconic that was Um, another thing i took from off the record this was really an era of backcomming
0: yeah, I'm I miss God, the era back no, coming. I'm ready for that to come no, back. No breed. It's it's only it's only a few months away. I really it's feel not. it. I really don't feel stop it. Not manifesting that. Old boots, skinny jeans, a little like quiff. I'm not back all,
1: there. All our, all are back. We're nearly all back, back. to skinny we're, jeans. We don't need. Yeah, to bring are back. and we don't need to bring back going back. I don't know. I just don't want to bring quiff back because I was so bad at them. I couldn't figure out how you did them. Um they were, they
0: kept making this like hashing at this point in the, off the record that like the look is equally as important as the music. And like, you could see for them it definitely was, but do you think that's still like a case for bands nowadays? Yeah. But I bands? just don't
1: think anyone does it as
0: well.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Like, look how much, it's funny because when you, again, not to fucking drag Little Mix or whatever, and I know it's not like, not to be fucking wearing whatever, but you remember Little Mix's earliest iterations where it was like, they were scrambling to try and find an aesthetic and what they thought yeah. was, and that's not to say it wasn't of the time, but none of it was c- cohesive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And it almost became their aesthetic, but as a joke, you know what I mean? Where it was like, Fucking Perry's wearing a dicky bow and we've got a hat and we're 45 necklaces. It was like, what? You know what I yeah. mean? Like it was just, like I don't even think, I'm trying to think back to like, in the as now. And it's even really hard to establish them as a, as a look, you know? Yeah. I'm so open to correction on that. But again, they had the music to back it up. So like, whatever. I don't really care. But it was just. And that's not maybe, to say they didn't have fucking flops or whatever. If I saw another nautical stripe and off the record, I was about to, I was like, gee, like, yeah. God help me. I'm going to kick that's someone. That's what I
0: mean. Maybe it's just not enough time has passed with little mix. Like maybe like a few years back, like you could look at girls and be like, what the fuck were they doing with the fashion? Like it was crazy or like the look or whatever. And then maybe in another five years would we'll be like, actually little mix had some iconic looks that are only now just kind of becoming a little bit iconic. You know, Maybe not enough time has passed now. They're still just in like the cringe era. You're giving them a lot of grace. I appreciate it. But I'm like, I think when well, like, I was a girl who had a mustache necklace, when they were wearing fucking dicky bows and I can't believe you just said that out loud. I know, like maybe, but like, it would people were that was an aesthetic at the time, and maybe just not enough time has passed that we can accept that yet.
1: I'm just trying to think. There's definitely probably K-pop examples that are doing aesthetic and like look really well, but it's not an area that I'm like I don't know enough yeah. about Blackpink to comment on them at all. Well, I suppose
0: Taylor Swift is doing it, isn't she? Like she's all like the image and the image, the music and the look go hand in hand with each of her albums.
1: Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made against Taylor Swift in some respects though, that some of it isn't really, some of it is very costumey. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I just, I feel like the success of eras is that you can like, you know, like lover is going to be like all pastels and colors and it's like, everything just has like a clear, like, yeah yeah that's true thing like you identity know? And that's yeah. kind of yeah it's not just like one big show it's like each of them and i feel like i hope girls allowed to come out and do like what's for their live show something similar
1: okay do you want to know what their four uk number ones uh were yes this list I'm, makes me so so unspeakably angry but two of them i would say <laughs> half um, of this list yeah okay do you want to guess um sound of the underground yeah jump no oh yeah infuriating we're already off to um, infuriating start the promise yeah that
0: was a christmas number one I feel was it or it was like no maybe not a christmas number one. i remember the, i have
1: such a vision of their x-factor performance for that yeah. song, and like them in the trailer and like Derm- i think it was dermot hosting at that point of dermot interviewing them yeah um biology that's a no. stupid guess that's a stupid guess never mind um one's a ballad and one's a collaboration
0: will you ever
1: no. i'll stand by you i'll stand I by you fu- sorry i will say i fucking hate see the day and i hate that music video where it, like zooms in and out of the snow globe it makes me actually irrationally <laughs> angry what are you it zooming out be... for give me a break
0: i'll stand by you was for charity so that yeah. probably went to number one yeah and the other one was a. Uh,
1: collaboration oh oh sugar babes yeah what's the song walk this way you better talk this way horrific how and again that was for charity it it, it took it there you go the girls being like will you put your hand in your pocket for a few shekels for them to get four number ones think of all the songs we just listed as our Mount Rushmore and they didn't let any of them go to number one
0: Whoa. Who And like, who was it like beating them out of the time? Like Agro Santos, like British who was making people, better music? I
1: swear to fuck. Who God. was making
0: better music?
1: The Promise uh, got the group a Brit Award for Best British Single, which is something they talked about extensively in um, uh, the Off the Record. Two yeah. number one albums, which one of them was a Greatest Hits album, which again, What the Fuck is Wrong with All of You? and Out of Control, which was their last uh album as a group which is the album I think that had uh something new no sorry so at 10 something new was on 10 uh, and something new only went to number two did you have or currently
0: in your house do you have a pair of girls eyelashes
1: no I wish I did they must be worth a fortune now surely can you not still get them I feel like you can
0: still get them in some places I'm gonna google it while you talk So they have, obviously they had like the eyelashes are very iconic. They had like so many other endeavors. They came together with Mattel in 2005 to produce fashion fever Barbies where each member designed the outfit and the look of the doll model after themselves. Now, if you look up these Barbies, they could be anyone. They don't (laughs) don't look. (laughs) Oh my God. They don't look. You would never look at them and go, oh, that's definitely girls allowed. Like, I don't even think Kimberly has red hair. Like, it's uh, like... But anyway, so they did that. They had um the eyelashes, as we said. They had like they endorsed like a hair care brand called Sun Silk. They did TV ads for an, the Nintendo DS. They were in. They had oh a. Oh my Charmer god! I remember the Pandora. Nintendo DS ads? Oh. Yeah. Um, they were in Saint Trinians. Do you remember that whole?
1: So I was going like, to suggest in we might do that for a Movie Club this month as a as a oh, companion yeah. piece potentially.
0: There's two of them, isn't there? It's like, I think Sarah actually had a role in St. Trinian's 2.
1: Yeah, but I and think St. had a song in St. Trinian's
0: 1 or something? Yeah. I don't know. I only saw the first one, I think. Um, I feel like if I walked into The Chemist today, I could get a pair of Girls Without Eyelashes. You
1: can't. I'm Googling them. Like, Cheryl's gone on to collect. So, Eilor had done the original collection. And it was yeah. like, obviously, they all had their own style. Now, I will say there was one style that never sold as well. And you'd always see it on the shelves and you'd be a bit like, Scar- like yeah. there was one one set of them was like these are the fucking Not lashes true. to have and the rest of them were like a bit or two of them were normal and then I think the rest of them were a bit mad so they were a bit out there yeah. for girls of the noughties you know what I mean I think yeah. Sarah had like tinsely bits in her so everyone was like well um, oh, I can only find them on eBay here I'm gonna I lore oh girls God. aloud. Bandwagon listeners, if you have some, can you please uh send them to us. No, don't send <laughs> no, them don't to send us, but send, send us, us pictures so we can share with the other listeners if anyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Um Yeah, I'm look Cheryl Festival Fall Slashes, brand new, never worn. Yeah, they have glitter in them. They're looking mad. Yeah, they have they had.
0: so they had the original ones and then they came out with festival
1: ones the next year. How much money do they make on them, do you reckon? Because they just seemed like that's a part just, of culture. Yeah. I think people will never, even us talking about it now, I just feel like you will never understand. You had to be there. You had to go to Boots and you had to have Penidine slash like, Kimberly like, slash Cheryl Lashes.
0: Yeah. So they had the, uh, the original lashes came out in 2009 and then the festival themed lashes came out in 2010 and then they had special limited edition 10th anniversary lashes in
1: 2012. Just crazy. Again, if someone can speak to us off the record, no pun intended, from Eyelore, I really, really want to know how much money. We, we need to hear from you. Yeah, I need. Yeah, because like, what's the, the markup generated. on eyelashes? Who knows? Um. Do you want to hear about the, the the feud, the reason why it all ended? Well, actually, sorry, on yes. the subject of eyelashes. I, there was another TV show um, after off the record and it was called The Passions of Girls Aloud. And it revolved around each member... Not Christ.
0: Not Christ. Not to be (laughs) confused. Not Christ.
1: Not Christ. Do not confuse them, with Christ. Uh, It revolved around each member of the group, with the exception of Nadine, achieving aspirations outside of the group, Um, which I thought was very interesting. So uh, Nicola's episode focused on her setting up Dainty Doll, the makeup line that I referred to earlier, that was for like the pale girls. Sarah learned polo for some reason. Kimberly ended up... Hers was about... uh, Getting onto the West End, which I would like foreshadowed oh, yeah. a lot of her later career, because she went on to play Fiona in the West End and Shrek the Musical, and did loads of other musicals. But she had sees her auditioning for Les Mis, and then yeah. Cheryl learns. This is so fucking ridiculous. Cheryl learns street dancing, but she wants to audition for a Will I Am video. So when I was reading the premise of this, I was like, "So this is just fully spank for Will I Am's song Heartbreaker, which she's a featured artist on anyway. Oh, yeah. she, sorry, she might not be a featured artist on it, but she sings I'm backup heartbreak. vocals and she's in the video anyway." and she's she has to learn how to crump it's just
0: did kimberly have a song with agro santos she did
1: and it was called like you like like oh my god yes like like you i think oh i'm sorry i will say nadine was nadine's uh, passion was supposed to be conducting an orchestra but she pulled out and didn't want to do it because she actually wanted to become a charity worker in bolivia and they wouldn't let her do it wow iconic
0: Nadine had Nadine stuck for her guns and I think that's paid off for her in a lot of ways like she's
1: kind of I don't know it's going be I don't know sorry I'll but like, when, well, before I get into the split as well I think the when they did split I think the idea was that Kimberly was being because she was like so likable and so girl next door I think she was being proud to be a TV presenter and she ended oh, up yeah. hosting a show on Viva if anyone remembers that Music channel. Yeah. A weekly kind of music celebrity news show called Suck My Pop. Oh. Who was her co-host? Male oh, co-host, like My host br- Seen very recently on another reality show. My brain has jumped seen on a very recently
0: on another reality show. Okay, my brain was jumping to like what's your man's name that used to do like Big Brother's Little Brother, but it's not him. But no, but your bi- but big brother oh was it the guy your man the new host yes
1: will based. yeah that's he like he has the been on the goal the... for years wow look up that the was the vision of, of who i had
0: in my head it was like him or joel Domit or like
1: greg james or like that whole one of those guys Nah, no, he's been on the goal anyway uh, apparently um. like she was kind of slated in terms of her performance so i think then she was like right tv presented not for me off to the west end and that's what she did anyway yeah. let's talk about the split so they did a 12-day tour for 10 which was the hits tour and their kind of next like compilation greatest hits album this was in a uh, 2012 going into 2013 so they announced their split March 21st 2013 and in the statement they said dear Allowders, which is the worst fandom name ever Fans I think allowed surely we need to come together guys and change the name I'm just okay yeah. anyway we'll do that at some point dear louders we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts thank you this tour has been an amazing experience and the perfect chance to say thank you for being on this journey with us through a decade it has far exceeded any of our dreams and we hope we are forever your inspiration and reminder that dreams really do glitter your love and support will stay with us forever but we have now come to the end of our incredible time together love you lots so nadine claimed at the time that the rest of the band had decided on this split without consulting her she says she was told minutes before they went on stage for the final performance of the tour. um, And that she, like she was, she didn't want the band the end, to end. I didn't want the band to end. It was as simple as that. I didn't think we were going to end. We had all, we'd done all the promo thing. We were all together having a great tour, wearing Victoria's Secret wings and stomping up and down the catwalk every night, loving every single minute of it. And then on the very last night of the tour, our management and publicist came up to me and said the girls wanted to split up the band. I was thinking, what? I was in hair and makeup about to get into my costume and the show was starting in 20 minutes. I was shocked. I went back to my makeup lady and told her and I was like, fuck, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? I screamed and cried on stage and off stage. She said she was really dramatic for about 15 minutes and realized she had to accept the decision. 15 um, <laughs>
0: 15 minutes.
1: But would then take me apparently two weeks. she would, she wouldn't <laughs> sign any of the paperwork that confirmed that they, the group was done. So technically she's the only, well like obviously this before they go back together. At the time she was the only remaining member of the band. She said this, this was an interview with the Mirror in 2014. Um, so do what, do you, what does that
0: mean? Does she like get like, um, like money for things or anything? No, I like... get, I'd
1: say it's just a fucking formal technicality to be honest. Okay. Uh, she's not getting like royalties or anything just because she's the only one left in it. So she, yeah, she was like, I never signed it. So technically I'm stealing girls allowed. I'm a one man band. I need holograms made up with them so I can go back out on stage in 30 years time. Now that interview was a year after the split. But when the split actually happened, she took to Twitter the next morning. No good things happen when you take to Twitter. She said, Nadine said, you should know by now, I had no part in any of this split business. I couldn't stop them. I had the best time and want to keep going. Cheryl then went to Attitude Magazine and said that Nadine was full of shit and accused her of holding the band to ransom. Quote, she was the one who wanted to make a solo record, which is why we took the hiatus. She wants to come out and say we broke the band up. No, she shouldn't tell Porky Pies. Okay, so do you want us to tell the truth? She wasn't going to make another Girls Without Record until she got a solo deal. I feel she held us to ransom and then made her solo record deal. It's the truth. She's saying that we broke the band up. So there you go. Ooh. And there was kind of this slight back and forth for a little while as you said Cheryl was on X Factor um, and then in 2017 she joined Simon Cowell for judges houses and this must have been like an side kind of clip of them chatting He's tr- talking to her about reuniting girls aloud. And he says, why don't we get Nadine for dinner, the three of us, and we should talk about it. I mean, Nadine is not exactly storming the charts as a solo artist, is she? This was just when she'd attempted to relaunch her solo career with Go to Work. Oh. And like, I didn't realize at the time she tried to go out on tour. The tour was canceled because of something to do with venues. I'm doing ears here. I don't really know if that was the case. I just don't know if it just didn't sell. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Nadine did I'm a celeb in 2019 and obviously
0: then she she kind of redeemed herself with that didn't she
1: i think so yeah but at the time obviously all the girls are like questioned about her doing i'm a celeb as well i think kimberly was on loose women uh in november of that year that she was on and she kind of talked about how she had like a like a friend connection with Cheryl and nicola Uh, and then she said with sarah nadine it was more of a work, work relationship but it's like family you'd feel for them you don't see them all the time but then yeah. in July 2020, uh, Kimberly said lockdown actually credited her or lockdown helped her like reflect on everything and she ended up kind of reaching out to Nadine and they were chatting and they kind of got their kids together and stuff like that. And then obviously the death of Sarah, I think is kind of, I think that's been an interesting thing to, interesting again, not the right word. But if you look at any, they've, they're doing those interviews, obviously to promote this reunion and the tour and stuff. And all the comments are talking about how like, false it is or whatever that they're back together after Sarah's death and like Nadine was the only one who was in touch with Sarah and the lead up to her death I'm not sure how these commenters know that if they do if it's all just bullshit whatever but like I don't know I think ultimately and again I'm not sure who I think I'm who I am speaking for Sarah right but I from the little I know of her I think she would have wanted the tour and I think it is nice to do it in her memory. memory and I think ultimately that's what's important and I think look at the end of the day I think it's pretty obvious and I think the girls understand that that in terms of the real strong friendships it's obviously Cheryl, Nicola, Kimberly. but at the same time to go through something Sarah's death but also the career of them together as a band that does bond you in a way you know what I mean like in the same way that I like I'm still friends with people I worked with are they fucking busy wezzy mates no but at the same time you I do you hold them in a certain esteem and you want the best yeah. for them. Well, yeah. also I love recognizing remember... that it's a specific type of friendship that operates in that world. Anyway, I don't know if any of what I just said made sense, but go on.
0: When Sarah was on Big Brother, I like really remember her talk people, like them asking her about like, how, how do you get on with the girls now? And she was just, it was exactly like, they all seem to have said the same thing where it's like, we're not best friends. I talk to Nadine regularly. I don't really hear from the others, but like, we're like, you know, we had like the special thing and like, if anything, if they ever needed me, I'd be there. And I, I feel like that was the whole vibe. And it's kind of sad that it took her passing for this to come about and she didn't get to do it with them or be part of it with them. But it is kind of nice that it's coming back together and like, they're all back for her.
1: And you know what? I think it's right that they're not doing new music. Um, I know yeah. I mentioned the Xenomania woman there she she said she's been kind of digging through the vaults just as of like just Miranda Cooper she said she's been dig- her and Brian Higgins he was kind of the main Zenomania guy they've been kind of going through the vaults and like listening to the old material and the demos but just to kind of like for a trip down memory lane there's no there nobody's doing any new music uh, and I, to be honest, I think ultimately that's the right thing because I think it's just too yeah. weird. And Sarah was such yeah. a prominent member of the band. That's the all-are, but you know what I mean? It's just, I think that's the right call. Um, yeah. But one thing that Miranda uh, pulled from, so on the original demo of Sound of the Underground, there's a cat meowing throughout the whole thing, a Bengal cat called Pushkin. It's their neighbor's cat. Sorry, go Fun That's fact. Fun. And yeah. also another fun fact from Cooper. Uh, you know how she came up with the chorus of "Sound of the Underground"? No. Being on the train. She sang "Wheels on the Bus" over and over and over again over the the drums and the bass. Because the wheels on the bus go round. The wheels on the bus go round and around. Wheels on the bus go round. She's a fucking genius. Xenomania forever. I swear to God. I kind of love that. Okay, so we're getting tickets?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so sold. I'm so sold. We may hold this back though until the tickets come out because I don't want anyone else fighting me for them. I don't want to be in a fucking play queue for Girls Aloud.
1: Wait, girls gonna run this, run this. Well, they're doing two dates so I'm like, surely, surely it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be good. Anyway, can't wait. If you have any specific Girls Aloud memories, um any merch any top of the pops
0: posters any kiss magazine posters I still have mine definitely 100% have them in a box somewhere
1: yeah send them on we'd love to see them and share them on Instagram it's uh, at bandwagons what the on Instagram bandwagons pod or bandwagons podcast bandwagons podcast podcast Twitter
0: is bandwagons pod I don't even think we have Twitter anymore no I, don't know. I
1: deleted it and then I think I remade the account again by mistake because I wanted to go creep it on someone anyway that's neither in or there this has been bandwagons I've been breed <laughs> I've been Fanula <laughs> I'm not breezed I didn't even mean to say that sorry Um, we'll catch you next week we're on Patreon next week um, and we're probably going to watch St. Trinian's maybe I don't know we'll see don't hold us to that we'll see bye bye